You're listening to episode number 64 of the Keto Diet Podcast. Today, we're chatting about why tracking macros works, what to do when you're not eating enough, macro counting at social events, and so much more. So stay tuned. Hey, I'm Leanne from healthfulpursuit.com, and this is the Keto Diet Podcast. Keto is a low-carb, high-fat diet where we're switching from a sugar-burning state to becoming fat-burning machines. Starting keto and maintaining it long-term can be quite a challenge if you don't feel supported. My 60-day program, The Keto Bundle, provides you with clear step-by-step how-to on successfully adapting to a ketogenic diet, avoiding common ketogenic struggles, and healing your body completely and fully with a ketogenic diet. Go to healthfulpursuit.com slash bundle and use the coupon code podcast, all in caps, no spaces, to get 10% off your order, exclusive for podcast listeners only. Now, let's get this party started. Hey guys, happy Sunday. The show notes and full transcript for today's episode can be found at healthfulpursuit.com slash podcast slash E64. The transcript is added to the post about three to five days following the initial air date of this episode. The show notes will include everything that we chat about today, including the keto calculators and macro trackers that we mention. And let's hear from one of our awesome partners. Support for this podcast comes from Broya. Okay, so I know Canadians always get left out of special podcast offers, but I have one for you. And it involves bone broth, real wholesome quality made bone broth. I've searched high and low for a Canadian bone broth product that I could feel good about sharing and I've finally found it. Enter Broya, whose organic chicken and grass-fed beef bones are slowly cooked for 24 hours and made with ethically sourced, antibiotic-free, hormone-free Canadian-based ingredients. And total game changer, their single-serve bone broths are perfectly flavored with turmeric, salt, apple cider vinegar, and more. Plus, they come in glass bottles, making Broya bone broth super easy to consume. You can go to broyaliving.com and use the coupon code KETO10, all in caps, no spaces, for 10% off. If you have an idea for a podcast episode or want to submit praise over and above the review, which you can leave by going to healthfulpursuit.com forward slash review, you can reach me at info at ketodietpodcast.com. Those reviews are super important. They're like gold for the podcast because when you submit a review, more people find the show, more people are helped by going keto and being awesome at keto. And so it's a win-win. I have one announcement today, and it is a very important one, because if you've been keto for maybe like three months, six months, less than a year, you haven't experienced the holiday season yet. And you're thinking like, how am I going to do keto and also holidays together? And you're probably thinking, you know, maybe I can just do like a two week break, or I'm going to power through it and not eat any of the things. And then you have major FOMO and you end up eating all the things and binging on all the Christmas stuff. It doesn't need to be this way. That's why last year when I was writing the keto diet and everything was like totally crazy, I don't even know how I did this, I also wrote a keto holiday cookbook. And the keto holiday cookbook is a digital download that has over 30 recipes from appies, starters, sides, entrees, and desserts, plus four complete dinner party menus with shopping lists, including a dinner party menu for people that don't do meat, so that you can totally completely rock the holiday season 
whether you do meat or not, or if people eat low carb or people don't, you can come in with your recipes, maybe hand them out to some of your friends while they're preparing things, or you can bring some dishes out with you to social events, or if you're preparing food for people, you have a lot of options. People won't even know they're keto. We did an entire keto holiday Christmas thing and a couple of years ago using a lot of these recipes and everyone loved it. A lot of the recipes in the digital download are low FODMAP, nut, egg, and nightshade free. Many of them have options in order to switch them out like that. And it's just the best thing. I'm so happy I created it. I used it last holiday season. I'm going to use it again this holiday. And I hope that if you're struggling with trying to figure out the whole keto holiday balance that you head on over to healthfulpursuit.com forward slash keto holiday. I'll include the link in the show notes just so you can see what kind of program we've put together and cookbook for all the things holidays. So again, that's healthfulpursuit.com forward slash keto holiday. And it's there for you if you require it. So our guest today, her name is Joanna. She's a wife and mother of two from Ontario, Canada, who has been following the ketogenic diet for 10 months. She shares her weight loss journey on Instagram under the username Keto in Canada. Joanna has received support online from other keto dieters helping her to lose over 55 pounds. She so inspired by how a ketogenic diet has changed her life. Joanna wrote an ebook called It's Not Okay to Eat a Sandwich for Lunch to help others starting out on their ketogenic journey. Joanna currently manages her own growing Instagram, YouTube channel and Facebook page where she shares her keto product reviews favorite recipes and weekly weigh-ins. The reason we wanted to have this episode is because we're getting a lot of comments about the fact that because I do more of the intuitive eating piece and that I do not track, there's a lot of people in our Healthful Pursuit community that feel shame around tracking. And so I wanted to have Joanna on to say there's nothing shameful around tracking. If it's working for you, great. And here are some tips in order to have success with that. This is part one of our series on macros. So next week, we'll be chatting with somebody who doesn't track. So you can see the pros and cons of both and decide what's best for you. And just because you decide what's best for you now doesn't mean it'll change later or vice versa. Whatever you want to do, the information is there for you. Now, I want to include a trigger warning for people that get triggered with the words cheats or tracking or you're trying to avoid macro tracking for whatever reason. If you have a history of disordered eating, I would just skip this episode and wait until next week or catch up on another episode you maybe missed from a couple of weeks ago. So without further ado, let's cut over to this interview. The Keto Diet Podcast, including show notes and links, provides information in respect to healthy living, recipes, nutrition, and diet, and is intended for informational purposes only. The information provided is not a substitute for medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment, nor is it to be construed as such. We cannot guarantee that the information provided on the Keto Diet Podcast reflects the most up-to-date medical research. Information is provided without any representations or warranties of any kind. Please consult a qualified physician for medical advice and always seek the advice of a qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding your health and nutrition program. Hey, Joanna, how's it going? I'm great. How are you? I'm so good. And right before we started recording, I said, I'm just so happy to finally be talking to you in real life. Yes, you as well. I mean, I, like I said, I've been following you for, 
you know, from the very beginning of my keto journey and you provided me with a lot of inspiration and ideas. So it's wonderful to chat with you today. Yes. And also, thank you so much. And we're both Canadian. So that's a major win in my books. Yes, that we are. And are you in Calgary right now? I'm not. I'm in Kelowna right now. Oh, that's good because it's snowing in Calgary. <laughs> I heard my sister told me. Um, but when this goes live in December, I think we're going to be like in New Mexico area, which is going to be a lot warmer. <laughs> that's wonderful. Well, that's where I'm originally from is Calgary. So, oh my gosh, where are you based out of now? I'm in uh, near London, Ontario. Okay, cool. Representing Canada. I love it. So for listeners that may not be familiar with your work, why don't you start off by telling us a little bit about yourself? Sure. So hi, everybody. My name's Joanna. And I'm a 33 year old mother of two, I guess, wife and mother of two from southwestern Ontario. I work full time in an industrial manufacturing industry. So we're talking like 99% male in my workplace. And I can say that I have a lot on my plate at any given moment just with working full-time and being a full-time mom at the same time. I've recently lost over 55 pounds with the ketogenic diet and have started my weight loss journey. Actually, I shared my weight loss journey from the very beginning on Instagram. So when it comes to my weight, I've been struggling with it since I was like going back to 12 years old. I had horrible eating habits and started emotionally eating as a young teenager, like maybe even earlier than that. But I'm 5'7 right now, so when I graduated high school, I weighed 185 pounds. I wasn't really bullied a lot when I was growing up about my weight, but I definitely felt like a bit of an outsider and comments were made sometimes. I managed to lose a lot of weight after graduating, and by the time I was 21, I weighed just shy of 130 pounds. So I had lost... I think that's 55 pounds, pretty much from a lot of walking and eating low calories. As I was mentioning, I was from Calgary, so I took transit a lot and I had to walk back and forth from work and was busy in school. So I was really excited to have lost all that weight, which I was never, ever going to gain back, right? So I moved across the country from Calgary, Alberta to southwestern Ontario to be with my boyfriend, who's now my husband. And I guess we got comfortable, you could say. We always enjoyed eating out. It was our favorite pastime, and well, maybe it actually still is. But over the next 10 years, I could actually pinpoint the events in my life that caused weight gain, such as renovating our condo, wedding planning, and honeymoon overindulgences. I got pregnant for the first time, and sadly, it ended with a miscarriage, feeling undervalued at work, losing people close to us who had passed away. I mean, all of these events affected me. And I would emotionally eat to fill the void. So food just made me feel better when I was stressed out. So add to the mix two pregnancies, like I have two children. And after 10 years, not only had I surpassed 185 pounds that I weighed in high school, but I was now over 200 pounds. So that's sort of my backstory of yeah. where I got, where I was late last year. And so how did you from that space of losing the weight and gaining the weight, how did you find keto and how did that come about? Yeah, so I feel like I found keto in a very odd way. I've always watched shows like The Biggest Loser on TV and I knew that if I was ever going to get to the bottom of this emotional eating cycle that I was in, 
that I really needed to resolve the reason why I was doing it in the first place. I mean, I had done Weight Watchers. I had done calories in, calories out. I tried following the Canada Food Guide. And every time I would have success, but then I would just um, sort of fall off the wagon, I guess. And I would end up gaining more weight. Um, so in this quest to solve my emotional eating issues, I ended up finding an emotional eating counseling program locally in my town. And I started meeting with a woman there once a week. And at the first meeting, she, I very clear, clearly remember her saying to me, I'm not going to tell you what to eat, which was great. I mean, I wasn't there for nutritional advice. I was there for you to tell me how to stop eating when I was sad or when I was angry or when I felt lonely. So I was there to hear more about her, how to curb the emotional eating. But that very same meeting, she said to me, it doesn't matter that you eat emotionally. It's the food choices that you're making that are the problem. So I was like, oh my God, like, oh dear God. This was so frustrating because she just told me she wasn't going to tell me what to eat, (laughs) right? So I very clearly remember her saying to me, society tells you it's okay to eat a sandwich for lunch. Joanna, it's not okay to eat a sandwich for lunch. So we had a discussion about all the ways advertising and fast food make, make eating high carb food acceptable in our society. And I mean, really, you drive down the street and everywhere you look, there's like a Tim Hortons or there's, I mean, maybe not in the States, but you know, there's, there's fast food joints everywhere. There's burgers everywhere. And it's acceptable in our society to eat this way. So she mentioned to me that I needed to start eating extremely low carb. So no, I think she, I believe she told me no more than 15 grams of carbs a day or something. She told me. So I was sent home with homework from this emotional eating counselor that said to track the food that I was eating and looking at the carb values in my food. I mean, I pretty much quit the exercise that day because there was like a yogurt I would eat for breakfast every day. And it was, I don't know how many carbs were in it, 20 to 30 carbs probably. And I was actually mad about it because here's this lady who's supposed to not be telling me what to eat, sending me home with food homework. And, uh, so I was annoyed that I was spending my money basically to learn these healthier habits and not to get nutritional advice from this counselor lady. So I thought she was nuts and that, and I thought she was crazy that she thought I would go to these extreme levels to lose weight. So this is when I actually started the beach body 21 day fix while I was in this counseling program. I remember going back to her on my second or third session and being so proud that I had found this new program that I was down for this 21 days and I was going to lose the weight. I was going to lose these little containers. And she, the look on her face when I told her I was doing this was like a severe disappointment. <laughs> she basically said it wasn't going to work, but good luck. And I was so offended <laughs> because how can she hate on someone trying to better their lives? But she had told me like, you need to be eating pepperoni sticks, not carbs, yada, yada, yada. So it didn't work. She was right. And I did end up gaining even more weight. So after that time period, I started Googling more information on low carb diets. I found the ketogenic diet, which I had never heard of before. I mean, and the lady didn't even use the word keto to me. She just said low carb, but I would lurk in message boards. I would see the before and after pictures from other women. I actually remember one girl's post in particular where she had lost 30 pounds in eight weeks. And I, that pretty much pushed me over the edge because I had a trip to Vegas coming up. And I was like, I've got, I think, 12 weeks before Vegas. So if I could lose 30 pounds before I go away, that would be amazing. So if someone like me with a similar starting weight could lose 30 pounds in eight weeks, then so could I. 
So I basically woke up on a Thursday morning, which also happened to be December 1st, and I had no plan except to keep my net carbs as low as I could. And that was over 300 days ago and 57 pounds ago. Wow, that is so cool. And did you ever deal with the emotional eating aspect? Like I know that you went to a coach to try to figure that out. Or did you find like that just kind of slowly started going away as you ate keto? Or what was that like? Yeah, so I find that it has slowly just gone away because I'm not fighting that sugar, blood sugar issue anymore, where it's like my body's craving stuff. I'm not really hungry. So while I wouldn't say I don't ever emotionally eat anymore, because food is sort of my drug of choice, I guess. I mean, when people have a bad day, some people drink, some people do drugs. I mean, food, I guess, could be the lesser of those, but... um, Way better than heroin. That's what I always say. (laughs) Exactly, right? I actually feel like I could probably count on one hand the number of times I've gone to the fridge because I was in a bad mood since starting keto. It's it's amazing. That's and especially awesome. even not in the sad standpoint, but when you're when I'm happy too. I mean, it used to be like we would eat for entertainment and eat to be happy and that doesn't happen anymore. So food is not a priority. Congratulations. That's awesome. More on my interview with Joanna Wilcox after this message from one of our podcast partners. The show is partnered up with Paleo Valley, the makers of the only 100% grass-fed and finished fermented beef stick. Each stick contains 1 billion probiotic CFUs, and we all know how important fermented foods are to the health of our gut and the strength of our immune system, as well as boosting overall energy. Chowing down on Paleo Valley's fermented beef sticks provides your body with all of the beneficial bacteria it loves in one convenient little stick. Their gut-friendly sticks are gluten-free, soy-free, dairy-free, GMO-free, freaky chemical, additive dye, and preservative-free, as well as being 100% free from carbs and sugar, and made with the highest quality ingredients. Exclusive to listeners of the show, you can receive an instant savings of 20% off Paleo Valley fermented beef stick snacks by going to paleovalley.com slash keto. And if your jaw is tired just thinking about beef jerky, I gotta tell you that these tasty treats are not tough at all, but moist with a little snap. Again, that's paleovalley.com slash keto for an instant 20% off savings. And if you're unsure of the link, simply check out the show notes of today's episode to get all of the details. And so we're having you on the show today to chat about tracking macros. And next week, we're going to be chatting with somebody who doesn't track. And this week, we're chatting with you about why you're on team tracking and macros. Let's chat a little bit about your relationship with your macros and why you feel like tracking them works so well for you. Yeah. So I was a tracker in the past when I've done sort of the calories in calories out stuff. So I was quite familiar with using my fitness pal and that stuff. I found it really important for me to track. I didn't waste, I didn't want to waste any time. And I feel like it's the same thing. If I go to the gym, I need to sort of know that I'm doing exactly what I need to do in order to reach the goals that I want. So some people might not be in a hurry to lose the weight, but I really wanted results like yesterday. So I find that in my life, the things that are tracked or measured get done. So at the end of the day, I can say, yes, I stuck to my net carbs today. Perfect. I got enough protein. And these targets were important to me. Another reason I track is because I don't really feel hungry very often. And it's important that I'm getting enough calories. 
I don't want someone to say, well, you're not being healthy or whatever. I mean, it's really important for me to say, Hey, like I'm eating enough every day. I track what I eat. This weight loss is not coming because I'm depriving myself of food. It's coming because I'm properly giving myself the calories that my body needs. I've had some days where there were 800 calories and I had to make sure to get, I make sure to get above 1100, like at least no excuses. So if I didn't track, I think I would be under eating more than I would be overeating. And so what's that experience like? So say at the end of the day, you know, you check out your tracking calculator and you're like, oh my gosh, I'm at 800 calories. I'm not hungry at all. Do you force yourself to eat? And if so, what do you eat? And is that uncomfortable? No, it's totally not uncomfortable because I love eating. It's because <laughs> you're definitely not at a place where you're so full that the thought of eating something else would be bad. It's more of like, a, oh, this is awesome. My like meals equated to this today. And I still have like, I need to get more protein. I have lots of carb room left. So I can just basically eat whatever I want, which might be like, almonds or it might be a cheese drink and some pepperoni or you know I might sit down with some pork rinds and watch tv I mean I always tend to leave room for a snack at the end of the day because that's when I enjoy eating so hey don't we all but what what happens if um at the end of the day you've hit your allotment and you're still hungry I don't think that's ever happened but if it did I think I would just drink some water and move on move on yeah Okay, so a couple of questions that came in from our readers, and I'm definitely having to rely on them for this episode because I haven't tracked in a really long time. Um, usually my my thing is like write down everything I eat and then a month later put it in a tracker so that I don't have all the emotions that come up when I track. Some people don't have that. I have it. So how did you originally calculate your macros? I know that there's there's so much confusion around how to calculate macros. Should I be eating 5% carbs, 10% carbs, 15% protein, 10% protein, 20%? How do you calculate? Like, how did you originally calculate that? Yeah, so I found a keto calculator just on Google that I decided to just go with. And it took into account sort of my height, my weight, my age, what my body fat percentage was, and how much of a deficit I wanted to be in. So I could say like, yeah, I want to be at a 30% deficit or I want to be at a 20% deficit, which is more calorie related and it does adjust your macros. But yeah, so I found my, I calculated the macros with this Google, like calculator I found on Google. And then I saved the information to my phone so I could reference it, but it gets committed to memory like pretty fast. And the way I follow it is not percentage based. So I'm not eating 5% carbs. It's grams. So I always had a target when I first ran my macros, it was 1400 and some calories. It was 20 net carbs, I think 80 protein and 110 grams of fat. So you just sort of commit that to your memory. And that's what my target is for the day. Yeah, that's what I did as well. It's easier than saying I'm gonna eat 5% carbs. Because what is that even? (laughs) Yeah, completely. And do you recalculate your macros every once in a while or have they been the same forever? Yeah. So this is going to sound ridiculous, but I haven't really changed my macros. So I was, I weighed in this morning, I was 144 pounds and I'm using the same macros as when I entered my information in the calculator when I was 203 pounds. So, and I'm not sure why, like I tried recalculating about a month ago because my weight loss had really slowed down a bit, but I pretty much revert back to the original numbers every day. 
and I do have days where my calories are less. They might be 1,200. But I mean, I allow myself to go up to that 1,400 calories if I do feel like eating. And it is possible that just my original deficit was so high that I'm still in a deficit at these numbers now, if that makes sense, which might explain why I'm still dropping the weight. So like when I first ran the numbers, it might have been at a 30% deficit, but I'm still maybe at a 10% deficit now. So it's like I'm still eating under maintenance calories Mm. at those numbers. Okay. And so we chatted about how you have a specific amount of, you know, you said protein 80%, net carbs 20 grams of net carbs. How do you make sure that you are actually eating that? Do you have an app that you use where you plug in, like I had a thing of celery and some peanut butter? Or how, how do you know how many grams you've eaten come the end of the day? Yeah, so from day one, I've always used the free version of my fitness pal to track. I find it has a huge catalog of food and it's really simple to use. And one thing I focus on is having balanced macros at the end of each day. I think sometimes people overcomplicate tracking where they think that each meal needs to have this right balance of carbs, fat and protein. And I just aim for the whole day to look good, which is easy when you can use like a snack to get more fat or protein at the end of the day. When you, when you take an overall look after you've eaten dinner and you look at your what you have left in your macros to hit, then you can say like, oh, okay, I need to up my fat. It's been a really low fat day or I need to get more protein because I haven't hit my protein goal. And I do weigh all of my food too, which is, I think, important for people to know. When I am at home in the and have the ability to do so, um, I don't, I measure everything out with a scale. Isn't that a lot of work? Do you find like that's a lot of work? No, because generally it's like I just use the plate I'm eating off of. So if I'm going to eat almonds, then I just tear the plate and I dump some almonds on until it says I've had a serving. And if I'm going to throw some moon cheese on there, I'll just set it back to zero and dump the moon cheese on. I think it's more of a head game for myself. Like if I was to just dump a bunch of almonds on there, I would probably give myself like a double serving because I just love them. And I would say, yeah, that looks like about... 28 grams or whatever. Mm -hmm. And so say you're making, I don't know, chili for your family. How do you know how much of that big batch to give yourself? Yeah. So my fitness pal is really awesome in in that it has like a recipe creator. So I can actually add the exact amounts of what I'm adding into this larger recipe. And then it, it gives you a serving amount. So it'll say like what this is for servings for this total recipe. So I know that the whole, let's say the whole chili is 2000 calories and that one quarter of it is 500 calories. And, and then like the macros that come with that, the protein, the fat, the carbs. But I mean, I'm not going to um, obsess to the point that I can't eat what appears to be one fourth of that dish. That was my next so question. It's like, like, so do you weigh the whole recipe and then divide it by four? No. Like, what are we talking here? <laughs> no, no. I mean, that's a little obsessive and crazy. I think like if I'm a little off, I'm not overly concerned. It all comes out in the wash. So like if you were to do that three days in a row, chances are one day you're probably going to take less than what would have been a quarter. The next day it might be a little bit more. But I think at the end of the day, it all balances out. Because tracking is good, but you don't need to be like you're doing your best at all times. I mean, I can't be like, oh, that was two grams off. I'm going to have a heart attack or like pull my hair out. And it's really cool that you can do that. Like when I tracked, it was sort of like if it's not the best of the best and I weigh it down to the gram, 
this is silly and I'm not doing it. And I think if you're that type of person, like that type A obsessive compulsive individual, tracking will probably never work for you. <laughs> um, but it sounds like you have a pretty good relationship with it. You're like, yeah, I'm going to weigh it and that's what it is. And that's how it's going to be. Yeah, I think it's more of just like, I have a lot of grace with myself and that I'm doing, I always say that I'm doing my best. And, and I think it's that consistency if you're tracking and doing your best at tracking every day. And like, I do that with the measuring and just not eyeballing what I think is a handful or grabbing a handful of nuts and saying, oh, that's got to be half of serving or whatever. I try my best just to take that two seconds to take the time to know exactly what I'm consuming and just put it in my phone. And yeah, if it's not perfect, like people always say, oh, you go out to restaurants, like, how do you know exactly what those wings were? And it's like, well, I looked at their nutritional values. It's telling me it's this much or that chicken sandwich without the bun is this much. And that's what Wendy's tells me it is. So I'm just going to go with that. And to me, that's tracking. And to someone else that might be not obsessive enough or not strict enough, but I mean, it's working for me. So I'm happy. (laughs) That's awesome. It's always half the battle is just finding something that works for you. <laughs> and yeah. Sometimes you can't put it into words. You're like, it's just working. So I'm not going to mess around with it. For sure. And for restaurant ordering. So say you were at a, I don't know, maybe a little boutique type of restaurant where they don't have those sort of nutrition things. What do you do then? So when I'm in that type of situation, I kind of just go back to my my own brain and, and think to myself, okay, what on this, what on this menu is going to be keto friendly? Chances are it's not a lot. I mean, in those situations, I often default to like a Caesar salad with grilled chicken with no croutons, because when you get in a place where you don't know how they're preparing things, I would always just choose the safe route. If nothing there seemed safe, I would choose another restaurant. And if I couldn't choose another restaurant, I probably just wouldn't eat which sounds really bad. But I mean, if I can't have a conversation there with the waiter and say, okay, can I just get a chicken breast with a side of broccoli and some butter? You know, I mean, I think you can always, I've never been in a situation where I've sat and watched other people eat. Yeah, neither have I. I mean, my default is always some sort of burger. There's always a burger on the menu. Yes, burger, side Caesar. I'm so sick of burgers, but if it if it needs to happen, it'll happen. <laughs> You know, what's so funny is like I'd never or even in my life had a fast food burger before I became keto. That's like a like hamburger. And I think it's because my mom's hamburgers were always really gross. So I just like never really liked hamburgers in general. And even now that I've tried them on keto, I've probably only had three or four burgers in 10 months. (laughs) That's insane. Yeah, we don't do a lot of fast food, but we when we especially when we were on the book tour, there's just so many burgers. So it's always an option. You don't have to go without eating. It's just if you're eating out all the time, burgers will become your Yeah. <laughs> and then I mean, when you're in that boutique restaurant, and you're like ordering that Caesar salad, and they don't have the nutritional information. Again, it goes down to you do your best. Find a salad that you've had that you think is comparable and put it in and move on with your life. Completely. And would you say that you feel pretty connected to your body doing this? Or do you feel like you have to tell your body what to do in order to be healthier because you don't trust your body or kind of what's your relationship with your body? Yeah, so I've had like, I've had times where I thought, okay, like, I don't really 
feel like I need to eat this right now? And, and we've had that sort of earlier in the conversation where it's like, do you feel like you're forcing yourself to eat? So I have, I do have moments where it's like, you know what, like the tracker, I need to eat the food, but my body's saying like, you really don't need it. So there is some of that back and forth where you're like, I'm content, but I can't complete my fitness pal till I've eaten enough calories today. And you know, I have a lot of people that follow me on Instagram and who are like following me on my fitness pal. So they look at my journal every day. So that's always in my mind as well is that people are going to look back at that or they now they can't see it because I under ate that day, which is fine if I was fasting and I had a plan fast and I just wasn't eating that day. But yeah, I find I, I kind of get to this point where I'm where I'm like, once I get to my goal weight, which is very, very close, eight, nine pounds away, could I just stop tracking and just trust my body at this point. And I do think that that's possible. I'm just sort of going to have to tread water in that, in that space to see, but I'm not really worried about it. I have always, tr- I find that tracking got me here. So tracking might keep me here. I don't want to go back to where I was. So It's so interesting. You know, a couple of years ago, I don't know if I would be able to be open to this conversation because I thought at that point, like tracking is evil. (laughs) Don't do it. Nobody should do it. But it's so interesting to speak to somebody that seems to have just like a normal relationship with tracking. It's I'm learning a lot from you. So thank you very much. Oh, good. Um, Yeah, I don't think it should be like, that's the thing It's I can I think with anything in life, anything can go to an extreme. I guess the way I track is just with a little more grace to myself and it doesn't need to be, I guess, just so, so precise and so exact and you can do it casually. I guess I do track, I've tracked every single day, but I don't, yeah, I don't have this awkward relationship with it. It's just another tool that I use for my weight loss. Yeah, you see it as a tool. That's really cool. And I think something, you know, especially in the healthful pursuit slash keto diet podcast community, because I talk so much about not tracking, listening to your body, being intuitive. A lot of people who do track have started to feel like shameful that they're tracking. And so that's why I really wanted to have you on the show to be like, hey, there's nothing bad with tracking. But if you, you know, especially if you have a healthy relationship with it and you're just using it as a tool, that's really cool. Although it could get out of hand uh, for certain individuals, I think it's really great that we're having this conversation and that people listening that are tracking don't need to feel shame around their tracking. If it's working for you, great, keep doing it. Because that's what we said is like, that's half the battle is finding something that actually works. Of course. Yeah. Now you mentioned fasting. Do you track your fasting windows or do you just kind of like fast and then you know if you didn't eat that morning on your little tracker that you weren't eating that morning or yes so I do practice intermittent fasting I have for since January 1st basically almost every day but I don't track my fasting windows and I don't track that because generally my fasting protocol is I just don't eat breakfast and this would be 99% of the time I did eat something today. I probably could count on my hands how many times I've had breakfast. And that would be more of a intuitive listening to my body type thing. Like if I'm feeling lightheaded or I feel like I'm just, I really need to eat something, I will eat. But I'm generally done eating by around eight o'clock at night. So that makes it like about a 16 hour fast window when I go, do go to eat lunch the next day. So I don't find it necessary to track. If I eat something at nine or 10 o'clock at night, I'm not going to like bump my lunch hour back two hours just to make sure I hit the 16 hours of fasting. I just think that's a bit too rigid. Most days I'm 16 hours fasted. And if I'm not, I'm not. I mean, 
again, again, with intermittent fasting, it's not something people have to do every day. Again, it's just another tool to help you with your weight loss. Yes. When I realized that fasting was a tool and not this thing that I had to do every day or my life was going to be over, it, it became a lot easier. And now I would say I probably fast most of the time. It's very rare that I actually have a breakfast. But when I had that relationship before where it's like, I have to fast every day, it was so obsessive and unnecessary. <laughs> like I'm doing it right now, but I'm not even thinking about it. Yeah. Like I, yeah, I haven't even had lunch yet and it's one thirty here. So yeah, but I, nice. I find too that, um, with fasting, it's awesome because I have two young kids, so I get them ready and out the door and I don't have to worry about feeding myself at the same time and I'm not hungry anyways. And then, yeah, I was going to go somewhere with that, but I can't remember where. <laughs> it's all good. <laughs> More MCT oil in your coffee tomorrow. More on my interview with Joanna Wilcox after this message from one of our podcast partners. I love being Canadian, the home of the true north strong and free, but gosh, am I jealous that y'all in the U.S. get access to Thrive Market. For all of my pals south of the border, my friends at Thrive Market are offering you 35% off your first box of groceries plus free shipping and a 30-day trial. Imagine spending only $9.95 as opposed to the $20.99 on raw cacao powder or $7.45 on avocado oil mayo as opposed to $13.99 on other online shopping sites. So on top of their everyday wholesale prices, the extra 35% off your first box of groceries plus free shipping is going to transform a regular $100 grocery run into a $50 to $75 Thrive Market order. For the same amount of things, go to thrivemarket.com HP to get your instant 35% off. This offer is available to new Thrive Market customers only. Unsure of the link? Simply check out the show notes of today's episode to get all of the details. So we chatted a little bit about restaurant ordering and something I forgot to touch on is social events. So what do you do when you're like at a family barbecue or a dinner? Or is it awkward to ask people what's in the dish so that you can try to calculate it in your head? Do you calculate it in your head? How do you manage that? Yeah, so we are like my husband also does keto. So he's lost over 50 pounds now as well um, since the end of December. So, you know, we're both fully invested in what we're doing. And we have dinner parties. Like, we're part of a supper club where every month we go to a different person's house for supper. And they all know that we're keto. But we've showed up. Like, I've legit gone out and got pita pit salads. And we've eaten them while the other couples eat the dinner that has been prepared. So it's a little awkward at first because, you know, they'll say, well, just eat what we're eating or you don't need to do that. But sticking to keto and losing the weight was a priority for myself and for my husband. And so we're willing to bring our own food if we have to. If Like, we'll always ask, like, what, what are you making? We've had one of the couples made, like, Greek food. So they there was you know, chicken skewers and tzatziki sauce and an awesome salad, but they also had their bread and their couscous or whatever was on the side. So, you know, we were able to fit in there and they were thoughtful enough to make choices. Even one of the couples made like a special lasagna, like a zucchini lasagna for us instead of the pasta dish that she had made for everybody else. So we've been kind of lucky that the people we socialize with are considerate of our dietary requirements right now. 
but yeah, we've had a big block party. And actually, with the girl who made the special lasagna, I got like she sent me the recipe she used, so I knew what went into it, and I was able to just log it that way. But we had a big block party about a month ago on my street, and I had to look at like what type of burger they were cooking, and there was a broccoli salad, so I had to ask the neighbor that made it. You know, what did she put in it? So they all know that I follow the diet by now. I mean, my whole street almost half converted to keto once I lost all the weight. You know, they're all back following their normal diets now. But so it's not really awkward to ask. I find people are often interested to talk about themselves or what they've made. So yeah, it's not a problem. I think it's just because I'm so dedicated to it that I mean, it just doesn't matter. It's more important for me to know what's in it than to like just tiptoe around the issue awkward yeah I mean so many good nuggets that you just put out there you know you've set yourself and your health and your weight as a priority so you don't care if you're in awkward situations where it's like no that doesn't work for me I'm just gonna go grab a salad but that you're not sacrificing your social life in order to follow that diet so you're still going out doing things and saying well if it doesn't work for me I'm just gonna go get a salad and you know, chances are it's not going to make people feel awkward, but if they do, so what? Cause it's my body. <laughs> so, oh yeah. I think that that's really great. You're just doing you and putting yourself first and also communicating. <laughs> that's a big thing. People say, how do I manage social events? Well, step one, go to the event. That's a big one. Step two, ask the questions. And if there's nothing there, drink some water for a couple of hours until you're too hungry that you need to go home or go out, grab something, come back. Like it doesn't have to be, I think we put too much power in these things that don't actually have to be that way. Yeah. It's just a meal. Like it's one meal too. I mean, if you go to a wedding and what is served is not for you. I mean, I hear all the time. I mean, I personally have this like no cheat day philosophy. So I think I'm like on day 307 of keeping my net carbs less than 30 grams of net carbs a day. And For me, like there's nothing you could do to stuff a piece of bread in my mouth. And I hear from people, well, I went here and there was nothing else. So I didn't have a choice. It's like, yeah, you do. And your choice, obviously your reason for doing this is not big enough to keep you sticking to what you've set out for yourself. So I would, I would sit there at a wedding and not eat because I'm keto and I'm not that hungry anyway. So, you know, it's all good. I I would say that your level of FOMO, fear of missing out is low. (laughs) Yeah, <laughs> a lot of yes. people have very high FOMO ratings, and they, they just they can't miss out on stuff. Uh, yeah. And that can be a challenge, I think. But d- would you say that it all comes down to just respect for yourself, putting yourself as a priority? And in fact, that's a lot of self care. Would you say that that's pretty fair to say is like, no, my, my health is a priority, losing the weight is a priority. And that's just the way that it is for that. Yeah, I would say that's very fair to say. I mean, when you just when you hit rock bottom the way that I did, when you get to a point where you just can't accept that behavior from yourself anymore, then that's all you need. When you when it's like literally there's nothing anyone can do to force me to cheat or to make me cheat. And I don't look at other people and say, "Oh, this isn't fair." I mean, maybe it's an attitude adjustment that people need really in the end is to say like, "I'm choosing not to do this. I'm choosing a better path for myself." It's not that it's not fair or that I can't eat that. I know I can go to that barbecue and eat everything on the dessert table. It's right next door. I mean, there's no nothing stopping me. It's what do I want for my life? And I'll tell you, it's been worth every single no that I've said. Every single time someone said, oh, just go off keto today and just have fun and just relax. It's like, 
No, I mean, this has been worth it. The whole journey has been worth it to get where I am now is 100% been worth it. And when people say keto is restrictive, or I think I don't buy it. I mean, there's people in this world who have very, very few food options every single day. And here we are with like, so many different, like, really good tasting fatty foods. And I don't find I mean, maybe it's just my attitude, but I don't find that I'm restricting myself when I can't have the bread or the pasta. I mean, it's just, I've got lots of options. So yeah, completely. And I think so much of what you just said, is that tough love that a lot of people need. And also just that understanding of what you want out of life. I think a lot of people don't take the time, especially yourself as a busy mom and everything going on. And you have, you know, a job and kids and house and all the stuff going on to just take a moment and be like, what do I want? How do I want to feel? And a lot of people don't take that time. And it sounds like you have to the point where they're like, no, that doesn't make me feel good. This is the light if I want. And that dessert table is not going to get it to me, give it to me. So why would I do that? So that's a really, really, really powerful thing. And I hope you understand just how awesome it is that you can do that. <laughs> oh, I feel pretty awesome about it, actually. But you know what, I think every time that you do do that, it gets easier. Mm-hmm. So every time you kind of take a stand for yourself, the next time it's not so hard to turn it down. Taking a stand for yourself. That's a really good way of putting it. I know that when I first went gluten free, it was really hard for me to be like, no, it actually makes me sick. I don't like that. I felt it was really awkward. And now it's just it is like, yeah. Yeah. And you know, with dairy and sugar and it's very much like a muscle, the more you do it and the more you stand up for yourself and the more you just say, that's not okay. And I'm not doing that. And that doesn't feel right to me or that, you know, that food doesn't make me feel good. This is the goal that I'm shooting for. It just becomes second nature. Exactly. Yeah. That's awesome. Okay. Let's chat a little bit about the macros themselves. There's a little bit of, well, there's a lot of conflicting information about how much fat to eat for weight loss. Some people believe that if you're doing keto for weight loss, it's better to burn the body fat or the fat rather on your body versus eating the fat and having to burn that first before your body burns the body fat. So where are you with the whole fat intake for your macros balance of generating enough ketones, but not eating so much that you're not burning your own fat. What are your thoughts? Yeah. So the way I've always followed keto is I limit my carbs. I target my protein and I only eat fat till satiated, which is what you were saying that people believe that if you're doing it for weight loss, it's better just to burn the fat on your body. So that is, I a hundred percent agree with that statement that there's a lot of available fuel source of fat already on your body when you're overweight. And I find this simplifies keto a lot as well, because then you just, you can eat fat, but you don't have to consume large amounts of it at the end of the day. Like if you haven't been diligent in getting your fat in, you know, throughout your meals. So if I was going to say, I have to hit my fat macros every day, I could end up having to eat 50 grams of fat at nine o'clock at night. And that doesn't really work for me. So I've always just given myself grace with my fat intake. I think when I ran my calculator, there was a range that came with it that said you need to eat between at the lowest 35 grams or 40 grams and at the highest 150. But if you could get 110, that would be awesome. I very rarely hit my fat macros. I just rely on my body to use the fat that I have. Very cool. What are your favorite ways to make sure that you're eating fat throughout the day? So I eat a lot of salads. So generally, there's a lot of fat in the dressings that I'm using. I mean, I've become like a salad crazy maniac. 
And I, I don't really use MCT oil. I have occasionally at the end of the day because my fats were so low that I have added it to like an, on top of a salad when I'm having dinner. I don't drink coffee. So bulletproof coffee is not in my repertoire. I'll add butter on top of vegetables or on top of the meat that I'm cooking. Um, but generally my fat source comes from like cheeses or like the meats that I'm eating or some added butter. But yeah. Is there a reason you don't drink fatty coffee? Tell me more about this. I've never had a cup of coffee. And even just fatty tea or just a fatty drink? I don't. Well, actually, I've had a couple of cups of tea in my life. I just really don't enjoy it. Wow. So the girl drinking a a fatty coffee right now. (laughs) Yeah, I'm not a a warm drink kind of person. I don't even like like hot chocolate in the wintertime. I mean, there's nothing nothing, uh, enjoyable about a warm drink to me. It's very weird. It's just me. And you're Canadian. (laughs) And I'm Canadian. I know it's like, I don't really warm myself with any fluids in the, in the winter, but you know, what's good. It saves me a lot of money. Yeah, totally. That's amazing. That's so cool. Okay. My husband doesn't either actually, neither of us do. There's no coffee machine in my house. So I have to send people to Tim Hortons if they want coffee. Wow, that is really neat. Okay, something I didn't know about you. Very cool. And you said target your protein when we were talking about macros. Can you elaborate a little bit on what you mean by that? Yeah, so I would never want to under eat my protein grams. So it's great if I eat less than 20 net carbs. And I actually have a higher window, like I allow myself to eat up to net 30 if I need to, but I think my average is about 21. But when it comes to protein, like I don't want any muscle loss. So my goal is to always eat enough protein every day. Yeah, that's something I see a lot. I know when I first started getting going with keto, I was like, well, if protein, if too much protein is bad and moderate protein is good, then low protein is better. Oh. <laughs> you know? Yeah, no. That's not a thing. No, and actually, I, I'm i kind of off the norm on that. Like, I have days sometimes that are like 40 grams over on my protein. And so I don't really, I don't know if I really buy the whole, you're eating too much protein. Now you're not in ketosis argument. I I think my big, it's a bigger worry to me not to eat enough. Yeah. If I go over on it, I don't even worry about it. Yeah. And we could talk about gluconeogenesis for the next 30 minutes, For sure, Um, but let's just say I agree with you. Uh, everything that I've been able to research on gluconeogenesis, which is the creation of glucose from protein says like, you got to eat a whole bunch of it. And it's also a demand driven state. So it's not like immediately when you eat protein, your body's like, yep, glucose. It's sort of like, do we need this? Can we use it in other ways? So it's not as doom and gloom as, as people may Perfect. So it's even easier than people think. Cause now it's like, really, you're mostly just worrying about eating at least this much protein who cares where the fat falls? Just make sure your net carbs are low. That's how I maintain the success that I have is through this less rigid idea of how to be keto and how to follow keto. I yeah. love it. Totally. If I could track, I would be right there with you. But I am in my own little way of, yeah, I completely agree with you. It, it It's funny how stressed out we can get over something that's actually so simple. Like it's so simple. So thank you so much for coming on the show today. This is so great. I have one last question for you and that's where can people find you? Yeah, so I've documented my entire journey from day one on Instagram. So I'm on Instagram. My username is at Keto in Canada. 
And I'm also on Facebook and YouTube with a similar username. And I have a website that is IamKetoInCanada.com. And on that site, you'll find the link to all of my social profiles, as well as I have a beginner's guide to keto there. Okay, awesome. We'll include all of those links in the show notes. If you guys want to check them out and follow her along, definitely do it. The show notes and full transcript for today's episode will be found at healthfulpursuit.com forward slash podcast forward slash E64. And yeah, thanks for coming on the show, Joanna. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a lot of fun. And that does it for another episode of the Keto Diet Podcast. Thanks for listening in. You can follow me on Instagram by searching Healthful Pursuit, where you'll find daily keto eats and other fun things. And check out all of my keto supportive programs, bundles, guides, and other cool things over at healthfulpursuit.com forward slash shop. And I'll see you next Sunday. Bye.